When it comes to self-development, no matter the method you use, the vital point is to practice. If you're ready to learn practices to transform your life and claim the potential inside of you, then you're in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I'm a psychedelic integration coach, breathwork facilitator, and an enthusiast of personal growth. You have the capacity to evolve and bring your intentions and dreams into the world, and there's never been more access to so many incredible modalities that can help you on your journey. This podcast will help you learn simple methods you can use to transform your life and share the stories of practitioners who are doing the work so that you feel inspired to go and practice, because that's the vital point. My guest today is... Beth Weinstein. I'm super excited to have her. She's a spiritual business coach who helps current and aspiring coaches, healers, psychedelic pioneers, and spiritual leaders align with their soul's path and grow their business so that they can help more people share their unique medicine and have a thriving transformational business that they love. Using her experience growing multiple businesses, along with neuroscience-backed methodologies, spiritual teachings, and practical business plans. Beth offers a multidimensional approach to help you move past limiting beliefs, overcome obstacles, and grow your business in a successful, impactful way. She combines practical business coaching and heart-centered marketing strategies together with spiritually-based mindset training and manifestation work. She's also the host of the Psychedelic Entrepreneur podcast, Medicine for These Times, as well as the founder of annual online summits that highlight leaders at the intersection of psychedelics, purpose, and business for the last four years. And she's also been my coach for the last year. So I am super thrilled to have her on the podcast. Beth is a huge inspiration in my life, and I'm just honored to have you here on The Vital Point. It's so good to be here. And I, I just want to mention Jonathan was also on my podcast recently. And it was an amazing episode. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So I think we should just start with sort of the the normal way that we start these things of like, how, how did you get to be where you're at now? I know you didn't start in the psychedelic sector. So I'm really curious to hear more about your story. Yeah, it's really, it's funny. I always look back to my childhood when I was quite young, maybe I think it was probably around seven, eight years old. My best friend and I used to play this game called, we called it City and we were both entrepreneurs and we both owned our own businesses and we're traveling around the world and kind of living these dream lives. And that was the imaginary game I grew up playing. I was also always very inquisitive, just very naturally. I used to kind of lay there on the grass and look inside my brain and wonder how the brain worked. And, you know, even at that very young age, wonder like, what's the point of all this? Like, why am I here? I have a very vivid memory of the moment where I realized that I'm going to die one day. And that just, you know, sparked off this whole question of like, well, then what's the point of life? Like, what am I here for? So it's been kind of this this soul path of just exploring, like, what is the point of this incarnation? Like, why am I here? And, you know, I was always kind of interested in, in the way the world went and myself at a young age. And then I was given my first dose of acid, LSD, at the age of 14. Without really knowing what I was getting into, I took it and I took it like about 30 minutes before my curfew. I mean, I was 14. I had a curfew. I had to be home at 10 p.m. And 
I was one of those people that actually just really followed the rules most of the time, you know, certain things. And I went home and was by myself and the acid had kicked in when I was brushing my teeth to go to bed. And I did not know that I was in for like an eight hour trip by myself with my parents sleeping in the other room and me laying there on my bed with no noise and no music and no nothing because, you know, it was like a three bedroom house in California. And I think, you know, looking back, that was kind of sparked off a whole entire journey into like, wow, our reality is a lot different than I think we were taught to believe. I do remember, you know, through that journey, really knowing there was a knowing that there was something more, not only spiritually, but more to our minds, more to our experience than we knew of and that we were capable of. I mean, of course, your first hallucinogenic psychedelic experience you're like pretty mind blown especially if you spend the whole time laying there by yourself for eight hours on your bed so I of course you know I got into psychedelics that way of course I did it some more and then got into the whole rave scene you know I I actually I had gotten the hit of acid at a youth club we used to go dancing I was really into movement and dancing and sports at a very young age and I got into the rave culture and the kind of the early 90s, and that is where I first really found this idea of what I would now call, like, non-thinking, you know, like, the, the, that space of mindfulness and being in, like, the ultimate flow of dancing and movement and listening to music and being around amazing people, and then, of course, you know, throwing in some ecstasy, as it was called back then. So I was always on this this kind of medicine path. Of course, it started recreational, you know, getting into, I'm not going to call it MDMA because it was actually never MDMA back then. Right. It was a mix of God knows what. Mm. But, you know, I was into mushrooms and acid and MDMA and then, of course, some other, you know, hard drugs and got into that that whole culture. And But through all this, you know, I had studied psychology in college My favorite class in college was actually the neuroscience class where I really got to dive deep into the neurochemistry of the brain. And I, that's when I was like, wow, there's, there's so much here that we don't know about. And I had really dove into, you know, spiritual texts and self-development and actually did start doing like the organized self-development work at a, a fairly young age. Like I did the landmark forum at the age of like 19 and, and like went through that whole path. I was already you know, doing therapy, um, you know, partially because I actually needed it, but partially out of like, I just want to understand how I tick and what this whole life is all about. You know, through my 20s, I was working in a corporate job in New York City. And I also was starting to realize like, yes, it was, I was having a fun kind of party lifestyle living in New York City, but I was also going down a very destructive path of, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol. Like, you know, obviously I didn't know this at the time, but like numbing myself just to get by, meaning working, you know, really long hours during the week and then partying four or five nights of the week just to make it through life. And after many years of doing that, you know, I started to realize this, this can't be what life is all about. I mean, I literally remember asking my parents, is it normal to drink a half a bottle of wine every night? Like, cause that's the only way I could enjoy my life. Cause I hated my job. I was really burnt out. I didn't like what I was doing. You know, it was kind of like working long hours. And the only way I could enjoy it was to numb myself like every single day. And of course, my parents are like, yeah, that's normal. 
And I was like, wow, this, this can't be right. And then, of course, like many people's stories, I had a series of the dark nights of the soul, you know, um, initiations. I knew I was here to be an entrepreneur at a very young age. I went into corporate and, you know, had a whole career just to be safe because I didn't really know any better and I was scared. But I, the one thing that saved me is I took up running. So I got into running. It was like the only outlet I could find in New York City that didn't involve getting wasted all the time. And I was always very athletic. So running became this new outlet for me that didn't involve getting wasted. And I got really into that. And I started to think about like a running clothing brand because I had worked in the fashion industry. And, you know, I was like, why are there only these certain clothes? And why aren't they made for people like me? And why are they all you know, unsustainably made. And I thought about this business for years and years and years. Like I had dreamed of this and I started getting really curious. And eventually after eight years, after losing my corporate job, having my dad die like prematurely and kind of out of the blue, I ended up starting this running clothing business. You know, it was after these dark, dark nights of the souls. Like when my father died, you know, I basically witnessed someone work at a job, retire, and then die. And I'm, when I say retire, I mean only a few years, not like a whole full 20 years of retirement. And I remember that really woke up something in me to really question like, wait a second, is that what I'm here to do is just work at some job that I hate and then retire and die? Like I just knew there had to be more to being human than like, just paying the bills or just buying things or just owning a home, you know, like, and so I really started to read and dive into this and inquire, like doing a lot of inner exploration work while also like losing my job, being laid off, you know, economy tanking. And it brought me to this point of like, what do I really want? You know, and that's when I, I started to take steps and I ended up launching my previous business. I actually launched two previous businesses. When that happened, of course, this was probably oddly the most challenging time of my life, but also the most fulfilling time. So as a new entrepreneur, it can be very, very challenging, especially I was doing it all by myself. But I had experienced this internal fulfillment that I had never felt in my life where I was like, why am I so happy when I'm like struggling and being challenged with something like I've never had before? And I was also really getting into, you know, the Buddhist path and regular meditation. And I just started to notice the feelings in my body and my, my heart, like this lighting up, but also like having it be really hard. And during that time, you know, I kept with it. My business started to take off. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I actually was at the point in my career where I really didn't have many other opportunities anyways. Like I knew I couldn't go back to the fashion industry because it was literally making me sick. It was eating my soul alive. And, you know, I knew if I didn't try my business like then, it wasn't going to just get easier when I was older. You know, it's like now or never. You got to give it a try. When I had launched that, I mysteriously had people come to me and start asking for, you know, like help to start their business. People would say like, hey, Beth, how'd you get this started? You know, can you talk to me? Can you help me? I've dreamed of doing this too. This was, you know, starting to get almost excessive, meaning like at least every few weeks, someone would come out of the woodworks, like people I didn't even really know would contact me and say, Hey, I, you know, I'm curious if I can pick your brain about your business and how you got it started. 
And I would help people, you know, every time I'm like, oh, I want everybody to have this. I want everybody to just go after their dreams. And there I was, by the way, like my business was running, but it wasn't making millions. I was like just getting by. So I would help people and help people and help people. And it finally got to a point where I was like, you know what? Why are these people that I'm helping not launching their business that I told them, you know, how to launch like a year ago? Like I would run into them. I'm like, oh, how's your new, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, oh, I never did anything. And I'm like, but I had a two hour lunch with you and I told you everything I knew. How did you not start it? And then I realized, you know, it doesn't really come natural to a lot of people. For me, it was actually quite not to say easy, even though it was challenging, but it was easier to start my business, I think, because number one, I'm kind of a natural entrepreneur. And number two, I had done this kind of work in my corporate job. I was always, you know, it was kind of an operational type work and I would always, you know, be the person that ran the entire process. So I was able to actually know how to run an entire business from day one it's like inherently built into me. I'm also just, you know, like I have a certain mindset. I've always been good at self-accountability. I started to realize people don't all have this. Like people don't know what to do, even if they're handed every single step. And I also noticed that people didn't take it very seriously. So this is how I accidentally fell into business coaching. I said to myself, you know what? The next person that asked me for help why don't I make them work with me for a few months and I'm going to charge them money? Because I knew there had to be some commitment and there had to be some time, like meaning they needed accountability. They needed to like actually go do it and have someone giving them help and feedback. And that's how I got my first client. And this was also right around the time I was really diving deep into intentional psychedelic medicine work. You know, I'd already kind of stepped onto the path, but I had gone kind of full throttle because I was going through a lot of deep spiritual transitions within myself and a lot of growth and, you know, life totally different. So at the same time, I accidentally became a business coach. I was going through this exponential growth and awakening as a human being. And I started really getting other people like meaning, you know, I believe it's like the universe, like other people were telling me like, you know, you could do this for a living or why don't you charge people money or have you ever thought of being a coach? And I'm like, what? I didn't even know there was such a thing as a business coach. Cause honestly I would have hired one years before had I known, you know, I had, I had had a career coach that was the one that helped me figure out that what I really wanted to do was launch my business. So it was kind of this, this whole deep spiritual process. And then it got to the point where I was running my running clothing business and I was like, you know what, maybe I give this coaching thing a try. Like I really like, you know, I had by then a couple clients and I really liked it. And I was like, I wonder if this is a thing, like maybe I could do this. And, you know, there was this moment on my very first dieta where I had this, this vision and it was very, you know, it didn't really make sense at the time, but now I see what it was all about, but it was just this vision of me helping a bunch of friends and that was it like it was like me and I remember it was this vision of me like skipping like I was like playing and I was helping a bunch of my friends with whatever like their life purpose their business like figuring things out and I was just having fun helping people and when I came out of that vision I, I actually made myself go on a surrender experiment I was like you know what 
I'm going to see what it would be like if I actually just tried that vision. You know, and the vision was not like, it wasn't telling me to like do anything. It was literally just like a quick like scenario. And I went into this like surrender experiment of like, oh, let me see what it would be like if I did this. And next thing you know, it was like months and months later, I had a business. You know, and that's how I fell into it. And then what happened with the psychedelic piece is, so I was already coaching people. I became a business coach. I had clients. You know, I kind of just committed and it took off. And one of my earlier clients had been, I, you know, to this day, I never understood how she found me. She had lived in Australia and had been on the medicine path and was also working with ayahuasca. And I remember we were on coaching calls and she would talk to me about this and that was the first time where I was like, wait a second, I really love working with people where we can speak openly about this. Like, cause this, you have to remember, this is many years ago. We were all still hiding it. Like I didn't even tell people, I don't know how she knew I did it. I think she just could pick up on Shapivo textiles in the background or whatever. And that's when I was like, wait, I really love working with my medicine clients because we can integrate the medicine into their business and their purpose and that way I can be fully me and they can be fully them and we can understand one another and I can help them grow quicker. And I got this download for about two years to start speaking about my own psychedelic path publicly. I was like, hell no, I'm not going to do that because I will be burned to the ground and arrested and thrown in jail and I will have no friends and it will be the worst thing that will ever happen. I mean, I was scared to death. But I just started getting curious. I was like, oh, I don't know. I keep feeling like, you know, and it was coming through a lot of medicine journeys like over and over and over where it was, it was actually telling me, because I had already done a few summits around like spiritual business. And it told me like, just do a summit about medicine as it's connected to finding your life purpose and then like making it a reality. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then I brought it up in a mastermind that I was in and I was like, you go, you know, and I remember I was like, you guys, I keep getting this message and I'm wondering what you think of it. And mind you, no one in that mastermind was on the medicine path. There was like maybe two people that had worked with it, but they weren't like in it like I was. And I brought this up and I was like, yeah, I keep getting this message. I don't really know about it. I'm kind of scared. And everybody's like, you got to do this. Like, this is you. And I spent like a year and a half, like in like therapy, mindset work, coaching, like doing a lot of inner work to get past my fear to just come out and go like full on public. And that's how I ended up doing my first psychedelic summit, which then kind of opened up, you know, what I believe is like the liberation of like who I truly am. Meaning like I've been hiding this since I was 14 years old we can't hide ourselves, you know, and that's like a huge part of the work I do is helping people really come into their authenticity because that's the whole journey we're on, right? Like we're here to just be ourselves and shine our light. And when you're shining it fully, you know, that's what attracts people in and that's what will grow your business. So yeah, I know this is a very long drawn out story, but that's kind of the gist of all of it. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So one thing that came up for me as you were sharing was like just almost zooming in on the beginning for you, because you, you mentioned that, that there was fear in the beginning, but it seems like you were able to like overcome that fairly easily, or at least continue to like progress. And then you got to a point 
where you were sort of like almost stopped, right? Like, and you had to go and do some additional work around that fear. So like, besides for the, the childhood sort of predisposition, which I actually think is really huge, you know, like that you were already modeling that you were already like patterning that in your brain as being safe and fun and an okay part of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to other people that are coming into it with like maybe a lot of fear or different programming from their parents or their environment. But like, what, what do you think in the beginning kind of helped you not fall into those initial patterns that I'm sure you see with your clients all yeah. the time? Well, I know and the, our programming, I mean, it literally is like, it's such a process to deprogram ourselves. And I feel like on some level, we're like always doing it. Like I'm still reprogramming and unlearning and like telling myself new stories constantly. You know, I think I remember getting to this point because I remember when I started my previous business, getting to these points of like, <gasps> like the fear or the failure or things didn't go well. And I started to notice very simply, it was just wasting my time. <laughs> I was like, I could spend a week being really upset about this, or I could just get over it and move on. Like, it doesn't mean bypassing it, but it was like, you know what? I don't really want to dwell in fear much longer because it's already stopped me for eight years. You know, I, and honestly, I was, I was in such fear that by the time I did launch my running clothing business, of course, I had so many regrets that I just didn't start it earlier because by the time I launched it, by the way, so did like 10 other brands at the exact same time as me. We all had the exact thought at the same time. And I was like, oh, but I had thought of it eight years ago. So part of it was just this realization of how much energy, fear and limiting beliefs and doubts like takes up. I've also, you know, someone had said something to me back then about self-trust, like super simple, like, well, you know, you don't trust yourself. And I was like, oh, you know, when you really think about fears or any of these doubts or imposter syndrome, anything that all of us go through, because, and it's almost everybody, because everybody's human, most of it just comes down to like ourselves. Like it's, because there's really no, like, we cannot control anything in the world, period. It's like just impossible. You know, even if you have a secure job the rest of your life, it might be snatched out from underneath you. That's what happened to me. I was at a secure company that just got rid of a bunch of people, you know? So it's like when you start to realize like there is no such thing as like, you know, security, then you you can take more risks. Then you can actually move, move into fear and, and like feel the fear fully and and like see what happens, you know? And also I started to prove to myself, okay, I just did something that was scary and I'm, I'm okay. I'm still alive. And not only that, like something good happened or something exciting or synchronicities. So I would actually, I trained myself. You know, I will mention, I have not been without some form of like therapy or coaching or support for a really long time. So I've always invested in the support, even when I was broke, by the way. The two things I invested in when I was broke were was therapy and I still went to a gym, you know, like I still took care of my body, went running and bought healthy food. But, you know, even then it was like, okay, I could start to pay attention to the positive feelings, like the, you know, like, okay, I just accomplished something that seemed scary. I just did something I didn't think I could do. I just 
had a phone call with someone, you know, that I was dreading. And then the more you pay attention to like, I'm still safe and not only am I safe, but I'm, I'm feeling even more confident or more expanded or more proud of myself. Then it's like going into that fire, you know, it's like the phoenix into the fire. Jumping into the fire becomes a lot easier. And I have now learned where when I'm about to go through a fire, I'm like, okay, this is going to be tough, but there's something on the other side. So what I do is I pay attention to the other side. I think, you know, unfortunately the programming, and I especially got this programming from my family, was all about just staying in the one loop for your whole life to be safe, which by the way... My dad even showed, there is no safety. It's like safety is, the only safety comes from an internal sense of safety, really. I mean, it's it's like this Buddhist principle. It's like, we're all going to die. Yeah. Let's just let's just accept the reality. But, you know, it's like, I, I witnessed someone like my father that was like, just stated one secure job his whole life until, by the way, they laid him off or they let go of him early, you know, early retirement. And he was really upset. So it was like watching that, and then also witnessing like, wait, maybe there's actually other ways because why is it that I'm seeing other entrepreneurs or why is it, you know, we see people like, I don't know, there's the Jeff Bezos of the world. Like Jeff, he's just a normal guy, you know, he just thought of something and did it. It's the only difference between me and him or anybody and, and me or, or him, you know. So it's like, but a lot of it took, you know, regular meditation. Like that is the one thing I would say, like... I say this to anybody starting a business, the best thing you can do is just meditate first and foremost. Like, because really it's being able to observe our mind. Like that's the number one is our mind is always out. You know, it's like the, the ego is designed to keep us safe. It's, it's literally, it's its job. So the more we can observe from this kind of what I, you know, I refer to as like this higher self place of, okay, there's this part of me that's like freaking out over here. And it's like, I can observe it and say, I feel the fear. I mean, I still do this like all the time, you know, like, okay, I feel the fear. I, I'm scared. I don't know how this is going to go. I feel like I'm not worthy. I feel like an imposter. But then you can say like, you know what? Okay. Like you're going to sit over here and like quiet down a little and I'm going to let my higher self take the lead right now. And it's this constant, like, I, I do believe it's like anything. It just takes more and more practice. So many years ago, I had to practice that all the time. Like, uh, like many times a day, be like, like at this war with this internal part of myself. Now it's become so much easier to recognize that now I'm like, oh, there it is. Mm. And you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, not only do I love everything about, you know, the, the meditation, obviously, and like the not identifying with the fear or that part of you. But another thing that you said that really resonated was focusing on the positive outcome and not just like in the unending rabbit hole that you can go down of like, what's wrong with me? I need to fix it. Right. Like, there's that part of therapy and yes, there are things that we need to fix and reprogram and rewire and all that stuff. But like, it's almost like you could spend your whole life just being like, I just need to keep fixing. I just need to keep fixing. Yeah. But what I heard you say is like, you're starting to shift from that place of like, what's wrong with me to really focusing on 
the outcome that you wanted and like the celebrating and, and trying to key into those feelings of like, Oh yeah, this is what it feels like when things are going right. These are, these are, this is what it feels like when I am in this place of like centeredness and presence and purpose. And this is what it feels like when I don't listen to that fear and like building up that evidence of what that feels like and that it's possible so that you're not going sort of on the backslide into that fear or the limiting beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's also, I mean, I honestly, I, I credit a lot of the Buddhist path of really learning how to hold, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the dukkha, right? Like to know like, okay, maybe it didn't go well, or maybe that didn't go as planned, or maybe I do feel like a failure. And to also learn like, there's nowhere to get to, you know, like, yeah. That notion of fixing. And it's funny because I have been accused of being that person that does like so much work on myself. And I, you know, I always am like, okay, well, what's the motivation? Like, am I trying to fix or, you know, because there's nowhere to get to because we're always just evolving. I mean, you've probably heard me make these jokes where it's like, show me a truly like enlightened person living on planet Earth. Like, you know, even the Dalai Lama still has some stuff, right? Like, you know, we're all just on a journey and it's the same thing with your own business or with your own path. It's like, there's nowhere to get to like, I, cause I've seen this. It's honestly, and I do think on some level, it's, it's a poison of our society to be constantly like, you know, like moving on the next, like, Oh, I just made 10 million. Now I want to get to 15 million. It's like, yeah. okay, can we take a moment to just enjoy the present moment? And this is where I also believe a lot of it has just been like, being in the present and trying to say like, okay, so maybe, you know, like my last, it's like, okay, so maybe this isn't working the way I wanted it to. And maybe there's something like else that wants to emerge. Like I am constantly in this place of like, we don't know, like we can never know beyond this present moment. I, as much as we would all love to, even the best psychics, like we have to be at peace with what is. And I, I do believe like when I see entrepreneurs, and this is why I like people that work with medicine, by the way, because medicine also teaches you that's like, you know, when you're going through a hard time, if you try to resist it or run from it, it's just going to be harder, you know? So medicine teaches you how to sit in that utter discomfort of like the challenge, you know, or the hard times. It's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like, yes, there's hard times, you know? I mean, honestly, it's the same thing with being a human, especially these days. It's like, things are going to get challenging. How are we going to learn to, like, really be with it all and welcome it all and also just know that it's here for a reason. It's here for some evolution, and it's just this journey. And so we might as well try to, like, enjoy the journey as much as possible, you know? Absolutely. Like anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing thing that's, you know, I think we have in common in terms of the Buddhist practice of like, we really, truly do get to choose our own reality and the way that we're perceiving and experiencing the things that happen. And the I know for me, like, I always assumed the way that I'm experiencing something is the way that the next person is experiencing something. And like, nothing could be further from the truth, you know, like we completely live in totally separate realities where like two people can experience the exact same thing and interpret it and, uh, in integrate it in totally different ways, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 
So, so true. So to be able to like, just look at your life and say like, Hey, I'm not going to be so focused on some particular outcome, but just enjoying the journey and like being curious about it is really an amazing gift. I was thinking of, you know, Jim Carrey said something about that, like once where he's like, I wish everyone would just like make millions of dollars so that they could see that that's not going to solve your problem. It's you know? true. Right. Cause we're like, so many people are like chasing these particular outcomes of like, when I get this, I'll be happy. And then, you know, you get it and you're like, oh wait, it didn't actually make me happy. Yeah. You know, exactly. We were talking about this, you and I were talking about this like fairly recently, I think, like where I had some posts that like went viral and I was like, yes, I made it. I got a viral post. And then I was like, well, wait, this didn't really have the outcome that I wanted. And I was actually happy about that. I'm like, well, I can check that off the list of like things that I don't need in my life. I don't have to keep worrying about this anymore. Like I don't have to put so much energy into it because I got it and I saw that it's like didn't really do anything for me in the way that I thought it was going to. Check viral. And, and you know what? The funniest thing is it's like, yeah, you might have a viral post and then you get a client from like, oh, you wrote this one thing that had like 10 likes, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's where I'm like, ugh, like I speak about this illusion of the world that we're in all the time where it's like, you know, like people think this one thing or they think if you have 50,000 followers or you think that, you know, when you hit this one number, it's like, no, actually, like, I mean, I always say this. One of my clients a few years ago had like literally no audience whatsoever, but she attracted the the clients in like her business was on fire, but she knew exactly who she was speaking to. And it was like she didn't need a big viral anything. She just needed to really be her authentic self and in her truth and speak to those people that she was speaking to. Like, where are they? You know? So it's, it's always very funny. Yeah. That path of more, more, more. It's like, it's like medicine too, right? Like more, 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 like chasing the peak experience. And it's like, you know, the peak experience is always inside of us. Yeah. I think you and I also have that in common where like we've both you know, we've, we've talked about this before, like had plenty of medicine experience. And over time, that experience has led us to less medicine as opposed to like more more and more. I just want to keep having these experiences. And like, you know, the, it's almost like you're more sensitive. You get more out of less than just continuing to like consume and like chase that, that peak. Yeah. And, you know, to me, I think that speaks to the amount of intention that you're bringing to it and what you're learning from the experience as opposed to like looking to something outside of yourself, you know, IE the medicine, some sort of molecule to like for the solution. You're like, mm -hmm. no, no, I'm going to look at, I'm going to look within and try to find those answers. No, nope. Yeah, exactly. So like along those lines, like what are the things that you are doing now that kind of help you in that process in your own integration process? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was just telling some clients in my mastermind program about like how I see integration as, I mean, it's integrating every day. It's not just something you do after like one experience or do it three times when you, now you feel better after a challenging journey or something. You know, my, what I would consider integration has evolved over time, but 
you know, many years ago, and, and here's the thing, you know, I've been working with psychedelics since I was quite young. And of course, back then, I think the only, you know, integration was like going out dancing. Like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a thing. But I had, you know, most of my life been in and out of therapy. Like when my father died, I started going to therapy again and processing through that. And then I took a break and then started again, you know, as I became an entrepreneur, I was like, whoa, I need something. Like I knew I needed some kind of support. And then when I you know, like at the time I was really getting into ayahuasca, like I had had a therapist, but she didn't know anything about ayahuasca. And, you know, I I didn't think it was a thing. It, It was good for a few years, but as I was going deeper and deeper onto this path and also experiencing things at a level where I was like, well, wait a second, like, how do you explain this and how do you talk to someone about this who's never experienced the, you know, even with mushrooms, right? Like psilocybin. So that's when I actively was like, okay, I need to talk to someone who gets the medicine space. And that's where I found my first, um, she was like a somatic therapist type coach, spiritual, I don't, you know, I don't even know. She was also deep on the medicine path. And that's when I really started seeing when I was addressing the somatics, and, you know, the medicine experiences and obviously the spiritual and really getting regular help integrating, that's when the medicine experience just started exponentially taking off. Meaning, wow, I thought it was great before and now I'm seeing its real potential. Like how this is really helping me. So somatic therapy and doing a lot of different embodiment practices has been like the number one for me, especially you know, with my energy, you know, I was living in New York City, I was living that extremely fast paced lifestyle. I'm a double fire sign. I have a lot of energy. I'm definitely very mental, you know, it's like good and bad in so many ways. And someone like me, like really needed to do a lot of intentional work to get into my body and out of my head. I actually picked up and moved my life out into nature because I knew I was I was feeling it for years where I was like, I mean, I knew since I was a kid that I always wanted a home in nature. You know, like I was raised in a suburb where it was like kind of nature, but kind of city. But, you know, I went from that lifestyle to New York City. And my my body was craving just like the 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 nature connection. And I could feel, you know, at the time I didn't know it was my nervous system, but I could feel like just the the feeling in my body and it started to come through with ayahuasca it was just like what is this feeling I'm feeling oh well it's literally like energy and anxiety and just this the energy of that lifestyle in the body like stuck for so long so I started doing a lot of like really deep grounding practices and like had to move my life and honestly moving into nature was like the best thing that ever happened to me in every direction so you know now that I have a complete like 180 lifestyle many, many years later, my integration has become much more just part of my everyday being. You know, it's like, I do believe at some level you become like walking medicine. Like you are the medicine. Like, and like you, like I don't need that much medicine anymore. I still work with it, you know, here and there. I don't go freaking all in like I used to a million years ago. I don't need Bufo that, you know, it's like once every five years, maybe, you know, like 
I don't need to go do mushrooms all the time. I don't even microdose all all the time. I go through phases because I've also learned, you know, it's like there's there's a way to tap into that medicine space like all the time with meditation, with chanting, with being outside on the land, making a prayer, you know, like a prayer with tobacco, working. I work with flower essences. <laughs> I think they are some of the strongest medicine there is, but it's like it comes from being you know, really tapped into the spirit, you know, and I think I have this theory that, you know, the medicine in general, this is actually a theory and a prayer is that it's going to teach everybody this path that we can tap into the medicine of everything at all times. Like you don't need a psychedelic experience to get the benefits of praying with your nettle water, you know, like this is watered down nettle tea. You know, it's like all you have to do is learn how to communicate with the plants, which anybody can do. You don't even need a psychedelic to show you that. You know, so my integration now, you know, I still do somatic therapy pretty regularly. I I always have at least one kind of coach type thing going on in my life. You know, I have... I don't even know what to call these people anymore. It's like I, I, I'm i being guided by at least probably five different people right now. You know, I, I like to call it like a team. It's like I do an integrative body work, breathing type practice. You know, I have someone I work with when it comes to like my health and wellness and herbs and, and then, you know, somatic work. And then there's like my business, you know, because again, like, I could do business on my own easily, but, you know, I do believe that it, it's it's a different energy. We grow at a different level when we have that support. Yeah. And I'm committed to reaching, you know, a lot of people on planet Earth because I really believe people need help. So when I look at integration now, it's become, it's become life. And that's where I'm like, I keep telling people, I'm like, psychedelic integration is, is literally like life, you know? Like if you're someone that works with psychedelics, like whatever you want to call often, like even a few times a year, it's like, well, how do you bring this back to your, your real quote, real world life? Like the grounded three-dimensional reality that doesn't involve being in a altered state of consciousness. And like Jonathan teaches, like we can alter our state of consciousness at all times. Like you know, I, I mean, I go through every day, there's always a part of my day where I'm like, I like go into an altered state without even trying. And then I'm like, I come out of it and I'm like, oh, that was like my psychedelic experience for the day. Like life yeah. has become, there was someone I interviewed a few years ago. It was like, life is psychedelic. You know, it just, it's like, who's to right. say one for it's not like a separation it's like well what are we learning from the medicine space to then bring into our reality like synchronicities and magic and earth connection and spirit connection it's like this is like i mean you know i try not to project too much but i'm like this is the way like this is what our ancestors all knew this is what the indigenous cultures all know and are, it's built into their way of living and it's like how are we going to get back to that place of realizing that it's more than just like working and paying the bills and getting by it's like we can actually live a truly magical life even when the worst of the worst happens like even in the utter chaos even in the biggest challenges we can still be happy and living in this like magical state and I do believe 
re- like real integration is like getting to that place of having it be so integrated that you realize like the psychedelics were only a way to bring you to this. Yeah. There's, you know, the, the Buddhist, I think the Buddhist saying that would apply here is like the finger pointing at the moon. Like don't, don't mistake the, the finger for the moon. Right. Or like (laughs) the moon in the, in the pool of water, you Mm. know, right. Like don't, right. Exactly. (laughs) I love, You know, I was I, what, what came up for me as you were saying that was I remember in your program uh, going over my off, like my initial offer with you. And I'm like, I'm a psychedelic integration coach. And you like looked at my offer and you're like, you're a life coach that's working with people that do psychedelics. And I'm like, you know, I guess you're right. You're you're absolutely right. And I was uh, I was I was interviewing Dr. Ryan Westrom, who did the psychedelic integration handbook yesterday. And so I'm looking through this book just to get ready for the interview. And it's, you know, there's all these different integration practices in there. And I'm like, most of these are good for people, even if they're not working with medicine. Yeah. You know, it's not like you need medicine to be like doing these things to improve your life. Like these are just great things to be doing, you know, like grounding and journaling and body work and, you know, movement and meditation and you know, bringing, Mm -hmm. building an altar, like creating sacred space, you know, around you, all these things are just like good things to be doing, regardless of whether you're working with medicine. Like you're saying, the medicine's just kind of pointing you in that direction of like, Hey, look over here, look at what, look what, look at what's around you. Look at what's available to you. And to be able to tap into that and just like kind of breathe into it is just so beautiful, you know? And And like you said, it doesn't have to be this thing where, you know, you're just in this trance state 24 hours a day. It can just be finding these small moments during the day where you can tap into it and just appreciate it. And like, ah, so beautiful. Totally. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and, and finding the things that bring you that joy, you know, like you, I think this earlier this week, you had a, an email about your bees and like how that, the, the spiritual lessons of like having, having the bees and like what they've taught you and you know what, how that continues to unfold. And I just thought that was so great. Such an example of like how everything becomes the path and everything becomes that integration process instead of it being like, well, I went to Peru and then I have to like integrate this vision that I saw, which is part of it sometimes yeah. too. Right. But like, so yeah, like tell, tell the audience yeah. more about the bees and like how that's changed your life. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's something I've always wanted bees since I was a kid. I mean, when I was a kid, I wanted like a whole farm, right? Like, and I still do. I'm like, Oh, one day I'm going to get goats and chickens and horses. And you know, when I got the bees, it was funny. It was right. It was before the pandemic. And it was like, I finally had my own land and a place where I could put them and a garden. I was like, I'm going to do this. And you know, I didn't really even know why. It's not like, I i mean, don't tell anyone this, but I don't even really like honey that much. Like, I like it, but I, I actually prefer maple syrup. But, uh, you know, I was like, oh, they just seem like they'd be cool. It's kind of the same thing with, like, having a garden. Like, yes, it's nice to eat my own food, but it's more, I think it's this deeper connection of, of you know, the, the earth connection, the spirit connection, the fascination with, you know, creatures, I think, after spending time down in places like the jungle where it's like, 
I mean, you are taken to a, a, a state of, which by the way, is completely available to us 24-7, no matter where you're living, even in New York City. But when you're on, let's say, a dieta in the middle of nowhere in the jungle, and there's absolutely no electricity, no entertainment, no nothing, and you're left with yourself and nature, you just start to witness a different level of communication and magic and, you know, like quite literally this this back and forth communication between like the plants and the critters and the the wind and the water. I mean, and you start to see with your eyes differently. You start to see spirits like I haven't literally, well, I guess sometimes I have, but you know, you, you really see spirits and you're like, well, wait, these are available like everywhere all the time. It could be your little house plant that's like next to you on your desk. So when I got the bees, it was kind of like, yeah, let's just, this looks like fun and oh, I don't know. And then I think it's, you know, again, it's kind of like another practice of really being present and grounding and also like the slowing down. I mean, in the end, and trust me, like to this day, you know, my healer I saw today was telling me to slow down. You know, it's like it's never ending practice of constantly. There's always more slowing down to be had. I mean, I generally think our entire Western society is so obsessed with like the next, the next, the fast, the, you know, like uh, move. And even in the psychedelic world, it's like, Big experience, next big experience, next big experience, you know, ayahuasca, combo, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's like, and it's like, well, wait, where can we just like slow down a little and like witness life from a different place? Like there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. Being with bees really helps you become present. I mean, even if you have your full like beehive suit on, it, they, they're teachers. They are amazing teachers. Like you can notice the energetic difference. Like you can, I can feel when they're in a bad mood. Like I walk up there and I just know when they're in a bad mood and know when there's like an easier day to go in there, you know? So it's like, but I only know that when I'm at that place of like slow and present. The times where I've been around the bees where I'm distracted or angry or like not present or in a hurry or something like that, like, I usually get stung, like things don't go well. There's been mistakes that have happened, things of, you know, like things you don't want to happen. So it's it's been a good, like, it's like medicine. It's been a good lesson. And this is kind of why I do like, I bring them in because they're just part of my life. You know, I talk about them in my, my marketing because I'm like, when I see marketing, I just see like, well, I can only really share my own experiences and, you know, the, the experiences I witness, like my clients or my programs or my own life, or I can make a general observation about the world. But, you know, like I'm not here to tell people what's right or wrong. I'm here to just share like, hey, here's what's worked for me. Here's what's worked for my clients or whatever it is. So I bring them in kind of as, as like – these are just stories, you know, I'm able to see very often, like, you know, lesson in everything, you know, and not out of trying, but just out of like, oh, isn't that weird? This is so similar. It's kind of a psychedelic experience. It's like, you know, you go into a psychedelic state and you have some kind of epiphany that might be like, you know, completely symbolic, you know, and you have to understand like, oh, maybe it's not telling you to go, um... I'll be honest, one of my last mushroom journeys told me to just burn everything in my life to the ground. 
And I was like, hmm, I'm pretty sure it's not something I want to do. (laughs) But it was like kind of scary. I was like, what does that mean? It's telling me to just, I mean, it was literally telling me to just like give away all my money. And I'm like, and then of course they came down. I was like, I don't want to just give away all my money. I give away a lot of my money, but I was like, but then I'm like, okay, well, what is this symbolic of? There's something here that's like wanting to, you know, like let itself be destroyed and rebirth maybe or maybe there's some part of me that's like needs a break or maybe it's representation of like something in the collective like who knows and I do think like the more we can slow down and tap into these messages that come through because very often you know psychedelic messages they're not literal you know like sometimes they are you know for me like the psychedelic summit thing was literally going, it was telling me that for like a few years, but I didn't, you know, I didn't just like act on it. And it's the same thing where, you know, I've seen people like, oh, the mushrooms told me to do this. It's like, maybe if you slow down and integrate that experience, like you'll either see if that's something you really want to do, or maybe just take little baby steps, or maybe it actually represents something totally different. It's the same thing with nature, and the bees or the hawks or gardening. And so that's where, you know, I am a fan of integration practices that involve like just getting outdoors onto the earth somehow. Like even yesterday, <clears throat> my clients, there was someone, there was someone like definitely stuck in their head about thinking about like, I don't have clarity around this one thing. And I was like, you know what? Just go outside, take a hike. Don't even look at your phone. Like ideally don't even bring your phone with you. Just go on a hike or a walk. Maybe bring an offering, which by the way, could just be a piece of hair. It doesn't have to be this big altar. And like make a little prayer in front of a tree for clarity. And then just go enjoy the outdoors. Like try not to think about anything, but just like revel at the beauty around you. It doesn't matter where you're located. Because I used to do this in New York City where, you know, it's like there's a tree in a sidewalk. Like, there's always a way to find beauty everywhere. Like, even in the places that are like, I mean, I've been to countries that are bare bones where there's literally no trees. Okay, well, there's beauty in all the rocks you see. You know, whatever it is. And just like slow down a little and all of a sudden you start to notice messages coming through or ideas or you know epiphanies or like revelations and that's where you know I do believe on some level that this is the psychedelic integration where it's like people are looking for all these answers in the psychedelics and it's like well no it's it's not necessarily in the psychedelic experience it's like the every moment psychedelic experience which could be bees or music or dancing or breath you know like I mean my god breath work like super psychedelic experience you know yeah yeah no I I can relate so much to that like I I haven't been to the jungle yet I know I will be at some point but like I feel the same way that's one of the things I love about living in Tucson is like within 10 to 20 minutes I can be completely immersed in nature and you know, just being able to get outside and get away from everything else. And then, like you're saying, just start to notice and observe that bigger reality that's outside of yourself, you know, like seeing a bee. And instead of being like, oh, there's a bee that Jonathan is experiencing and seeing, like being like, what's that bee's experience like? 
You know, like how, how is he moving around in this environment? How, what do things look like? What's his experience like? And one, one way that I've really connected with that is with the saguaro cactuses. You know, I had this experience a couple of years ago in Sedona where somebody did like this initiation and showed me how to uh, exchange my consciousness with the plants and like the trees. And it was really, it was really like for, at the time, like it was almost like a little bit too woo woo for me. Like I was like, I don't know about this. I'm going to give it a try. Like it seemed like there's like a lot of blocks, but I've been able to like integrate that with the Swaros and like see how fast I'm moving, like learn the lesson of patience and slowing down and like being like, wow, to this Saguaro, my entire life is over, like in a blink of an eye, let alone this hike, you know, let alone this like time right now. And just like being out in, you know, you'll be out on this trail and there's like hundreds of these grandfather cactuses, you know, that are hundreds of years old. And just like slowing down and breathing into that and being like, I am open to receiving whatever, you know, wisdom you want to share with me. It's like, God, it's just the, one of the most beautiful like experiences of stillness, of quiet, of serenity that I've found, you know, and it's something that like, I feel so grateful to be able to like tap into and get out of my own head, even if it's just for a few minutes, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. So I love it. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, I, I, I see myself having that same experience, you know, in the jungle where there's like all these plants and animals and spirits and energy, like all kind of working together and being, being immersed in it, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, what's funny is because I was talking to someone about this the other day. I think the, I mean, I know on some level, the reason why the jungle seems so much more powerful is that I mean, there's literally nothing to do there. Like, there is no electricity. There's no entertainment. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no cell signal. And, you know, you're at least the place I go, you're in a Tombow. You're not really supposed to be, like, chit-chatty. I mean, it's not a social right. event. It's not a retreat. There's no yoga. There's no activities plan. Right. You sleep, you eat, you bathe in a river. That's pretty much it. And so what happens is you, I mean, of course, it's so funny. The first few days there are like, like it actually, I talked to someone about this a few years ago. You, you kind of fall into like almost a depression the first day or two. Cause you're like, just so out of your modern day element. Right. But then, you know, I sleep, like I never sleep like this. I sleep like 12, 13 hours a day there. It's like, and it's the hardest, most amazing sleep ever. It's like sunset. Eh, there's like, you know, it's like, yeah, you might as well go to bed. It's like 7 p.m. You go to bed and then you wake up at like 6.37. And, and then, you know, the day is just, I, I mean, until you go drink the medicine. And what happens is I think, you know, over like you go there and the place I go is extremely traditional dieta where there's, there's no interference. Like we remove all of our, you know, like chemicals and we don't use any, like there's no nothing, like no right. oils, no lotions. You eat a simple diet of like three things. There's no, I mean, yeah, I bring books, but there's some people that are like, don't do anything. Like they'll just channel music or whatever. You can, you know, there's some things you can do, like play music or journal. 
But what happens is, you know, after days of not eating much and eating super simple plain foods and, you know, no stimulation and then, you know, some medicine, you become like an animal. And it's very interesting. It's like I think of Peter Levine's work, right? And I, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like you become just a, a walking responsive being where you actually witness like no mind like especially the last couple days where you're like I mean I've gotten to the point where I'm like crawling like barely walking because it's like you just get so worn down but when you're in that worn down state there's like nothing to think about like there's no like you just you just experience like an animal experiences. They do, I mean, if everybody can see this, animals like sleep and hang out and eat, and then they just respond, and that's it. And they only eat when they're hungry, and they only stretch when they need to, and they sleep the rest of the time. And it's kind of like you get into that space, and when you're in that space, like you tap in to a, a whole field that is like I believe is available to us twenty four seven. Everywhere, like New York City. But, you know, I mean, how many of us are just like in a meditational state 24-7 for two weeks straight, you know? Yeah. But that's, and that's why it's, I mean, I've witnessed things there that I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it is the jungle because it's like untouched. But then I don't, I think, because I've had that happen like here on my land too. And I think it's really, that's the integration where, you know, I have this prayer that eventually all these medicines are going to like force people to slow down because they're going to see it's like everybody's trying to go have these like, you know, external, you know, peak experiences, like expanding the mind outward, right? Which is great. But then the only way to really like get the benefit is to bring it like so far inward where it's like the somatic piece and the grounding and the, you know, connection to your breath, which is why I love breath work. It's like so many of us are just disconnected to our own breathing, which is spirit, you know, and it's like super simple. Like it's like all the spirituality, it's always the path of least resistance, you know, and I, I say this to myself, we're all looking for like. The next thing, next thing, next thing. And it's like, well, actually, it's very simple. Yeah. Like, it's the simple things that are right in front of us. Yeah. And we look, we do this thing as people where we're like, no, that can't be it. It has to be this thing that's out there that like, right, it has to be complicated. And really, it's, it is those simple things, you know, <laughs> and they're not easy all the time, right? But they're simple. You know, it's just, it's these very, very simple practices and that's yeah to be able to tap into that and it works on so many levels too right like it's like nobody there's nobody that doesn't know that like going and exercising isn't good for them right yeah. but like how many of us are like out of shape and like yeah. you know looking for another diet or looking for this looking for that yeah. when they could just do like the simple things magic right magic pills and and all that yeah exactly yeah so yeah, it's That's, kind of a universal thing, right? Yeah, and this is why I'm so glad you you do the work you do because it's like, I mean, I know you've seen this and I it's funny because there I am in this this kind of psychedelic world, but then I'm like, okay, guys, like it's maybe it's not just the psychedelic. Because I think yeah. people, you know, it's, it's interesting. Someone wrote me yesterday like, hey, Beth, I'm suffering from depression, anxiety, whatever, whatever, all these bad things in my life. Do you know a place where I can go do psychedelic work? You know, I've gotten this email like a thousand times, right? And right. I'm sitting there going, 
gosh, there's like there's like 20 other ways to to work on this, right? And yeah. even if this person goes and does some psychedelic therapy, like it's going to take all this integration work, like connecting your breath, like having a regular practice, having someone to coach you and, and be there to support you. It's like I think she's looking to fix a lot of these problems in like a couple sessions, which, hey, I wish was possible because then we'd be, you know, I'd be the next ascended master. Right? (laughs) We'd all be Jesus by now. But, you know, but that's where I'm like, it's not, I mean, if anything, it's like, especially certain people, you know, if you're just so ungrounded or there's so much chaos in your life, psychedelics could actually just make it a lot worse. And maybe it's better to start with something where it's like a guided breath work or, you know, like something that's like, you know, will still get you the same somatic release, but maybe in like a less challenging way or less potentially, you know, like sometimes, I mean, we know this, it's like these psychedelics can re-traumatize. They can bring up way more than you're ready for. You know, if you don't have the right coach to help you with the integration, it's like, you know, you might actually create more suffering. And I know because I've done this before where I'm like, oh, I thought, gee, I thought doing that medicine would help me, but it's actually made me feel worse. (laughs) Like, You know, one of the things I've really appreciated about this conversation and what I've heard you say several times is like your willingness to trust and ask for help and and work with a coach or somebody that's going to assist you. Because I think what you're speaking to right now is like, um, it's like the story of the alchemist, right? Like, mm. it's like, you have to go on this long ass journey to finally find the thing that was like right under your nose the whole time. But you couldn't have seen it. You had to go on this whole damn journey, like over the world and going through trauma and the the, the whole journey to get back to yourself and to be able to circumvent some of that by saying, hey, can I get some help from you? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and am I going to be open to like listening to what this person says? It's so huge, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, it's something that I've noticed, like, from a young age of, like, we have this tendency as human beings to have to learn things the hard way. Yeah. When oftentimes there are people around us being like, hey, don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Like, you know, like, it's like I used to have this, like, I, I forget where I came up with it, but it was like a, something I wrote about once where it's like you're walking down the street And there's like a, there's a hole in the street in front of you. And there's like, all your friends are like, Hey, don't fall into that hole. Don't fall into that hole. Don't fall into that hole. Oh, you fell Mm -hmm. into the hole, you know? And then like, it's not that you can't, you couldn't, you could have avoided it if you just listened to people outside of yourself. But we almost have to learn by falling into the hole and getting ourselves out and like, you know, and it's like, ah, why can't we just learn by... (laughs) getting that help or listening to other people, you know? And so I really appreciate that about, you know, not only your story and experience that you've shared, but like the work that you're doing, because that's, that's what you're doing, right? Is like helping people shortcut some of those things that like might take them a lot longer to move through or the limiting beliefs and the blocks and like, you know, you're pointing out those things that are so, so valuable, you know, yeah. and I, I know we talked about it when I was on your podcast of like 
this realization that like having to do everything myself was like this like coping mechanism and trauma response and like working to rewire that and that mm -hmm. that's one of the ways that i did that was by like coming to work with you you know and like mm. being able to like a year later to be like wow oh my god look at these quantum leaps that have happened because of that you know so Especially amazing you. yeah i mean honestly it's it's interesting um i so i personally maybe it's because it's just inherently in me i've always had support like even when I was, I mean, I was literally broke. Like I've been broke many times in my life down to the point where I was like, oh, there's like $10, like nothing else or negative. I've actually been negative broke, meaning huge amount of debt. And then like, oh, I somehow always figured out how to pay for support. Like even when I went to, you know, my Buddhist group that was Donna and donation based, like I went there and there were, I mean, God bless my Buddhist teacher. I have told him, I was like, when I make a lot of money, I'm going to make huge donations to you. And he's like, I don't, I don't care. You know, this is, this is for, so there's always ways. Like I went and gave like $2 when I needed to, or got, um, you know, like some support through a group that was, you know, volunteer run. Like there's always a way to find support. And I personally believe that especially with these times that we're in now and that we're entering into where who knows what's going to happen, but it's, we're in these huge transi transitional times on earth. And I do believe everybody's going to need support. Like it's just, first of all, it's built into the human condition. Like we are pack animals by nature. We are not meant to be lone wolfing it the entire time. Even if you're introverted and a lone wolf, that's okay there's still a point where we can only make it as a species together. Like this earth will not make it if we don't find a way to be together, help one another, you know, they come together on some level. And this is where I'm like, why? Like, I, I, I always say like, how do people, how does anyone survive without support right now? Like through, you know, the last few years with COVID and then God knows what's going to happen next. And, you know, like the the crazy, you know, the times, the economy, the political system, like everything. It's like we all need one another on some level, you know, and that's where it's like I've witnessed that, yeah, I could grow like this and there's nothing wrong with that. Or I could grow like exponentially and really be living life like even at my worst of my worst, worst, worst challenges over however many years I'm like, I just went through a really challenging portal, like with a lot of weird things going on. And I was still able to be like happy during it. I mean, not only happy during it, but I even had like a huge launch. I had manifestations. I had, you know, like synchronicities. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going through a really challenging time right now. And I'm still loving life. Like that's because, you know, I'm able and I've learned and I have support, I'm able to navigate it. So therefore, it just becomes a no-brainer where it's like, if I was down to my last, like, whatever it was, like, last straw in life, whether it's financial or what, I would, it would just be support. Because all it does is it brings us back up. It's like, it is, it's the fast, like, the shortcut out, you know? And it can be done in many different ways. It doesn't have to mean, like, paying for a business coach but really that's the whole point is it's it's designed to expedite our evolution me and i do believe on some level 
you know, the people that are called to help on this planet, you know, meaning you and all these, you know, other people I serve, healers, coaches, transformational leaders, psychedelic coaches. Um, I do believe like we have, there's going to be a lot of work to do, meaning we have a lot of people to support. I do believe, you know, it's going to just be exponentially more challenging to be alive. So it's kind of like, well, you can sit and wait and like not do anything about that, or you can show up and serve because we've incarnated here at this time for a reason, you know, and I do believe like it's kind of, I, I never, never to rarely use this word because I, I take it very seriously, but like the bodhisattva way of like, well, am I dedicated to the awakening of all of humanity and to the, you know, the healing of the planet? And if so, then it's kind of like, I got to put that before my ego self that wants to feel safe and secure and is scared and feels like an imposter. And that's where I'm constantly saying like mission over ego, purpose over ego, collect like on some level, it's like collective over ego. Like my dedication, like I woke up the other morning and I was like, God, am I really doing this for the greater good? Fuck. Like, I mean, I was, cause I was going through something challenging and I was like, why am I here again? <laughs> like, like I, I'm, I always question, like, am I really here for this? Like I could actually just go get a J-O-B job and like watch TV and drink beer every night and life would just probably be a little easier, you know, on some weird level. Like, <laughs> I mean, I go through these level. phases, but then yeah. it's like, no, actually, like I am dedicated to the seven generations from now. You know, even though I will, hopefully I'll see them from whatever realm I'm in, but I won't be here. But I am like, it's like, and that's where I'm like, people have to realize like when you invest in support for yourself, whether it's integrating your psychedelic work or calming your nervous system or learning how to finally live without stress and get into your body, whatever it is, grow your business. It's like, it's not just for you. Like it, I mean, yes, we get to benefit the most, but it's also for this like greater, bigger picture that's like, we are all in this together. And I really believe the more people that are doing their own inner work, meaning they have Jonathan helping them through calming their nervous system and figuring out why they keep looping in certain trauma response patterns that are ruling their life. If that person's able to heal that, then everybody around them starts to experience that and then it becomes this large domino effect and that is what I want to see on this planet. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so simple. Like, if you don't know why you keep looping into patterns or not growing your business or struggling with the same thing over and over, like, get support, you know? Because it's like, it's like, it's kind of like the hero's journey. Like we're just going to keep, your soul is going to keep going through it over and over and over and over and over and over and over in this lifetime and potentially other lifetimes if you don't actually start to like tackle it and like, you know, figure it out. You know, that's the whole point. It's like we're here to constantly be evolving. But when people choose to stay stuck over and over and over and over, it's like it's not doing anything good for you or the planet. You know, like this is such a, it's a bigger picture, you know, like in the end, like even the business thing I do, it's like, yes, I want people to be like uber wealthy with their business. Like, honestly, that's like the goal with all my clients. Like I want my clients 
to be able to, you know, have their dream life and do what they love and that's it. But it's also for the greater good of like what we want to see on planet earth now and in the future. It's, yeah. and it's big, you know, it's like, I don't take this, this incarnation lightly. Sometimes I wish I did. It would probably be much easier. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that's on the path that doesn't have those no. moments where they're like, can I just get a break for five minutes here? Like no more level ups. Just let me pause. I know. I'm like, can I please go back to the days of, I don't know. I'm like, when I, I was probably at my lowest of all low when I was like, you know, doing coke and partying and drinking heavily. And like, I mean, granted, I was like younger and didn't really have much, you know, responsibility except a, a basic job and, you know, school or whatever. But I look back at that and I'm like, was that easier or no, actually it was just miserable, you know? And I was like yeah. in a, in a constant trauma response state and that right. didn't help me. And, you know, eventually this is why I've had multiple, you know, it's like near death experiences and multiple you know, visits to the ER, it's like, if you don't start to make the change now, like the universe will start to do it for you. Yeah. And that's why it's good to go get help from someone like Jonathan. You know, it's like, it's actually the shortcut. <laughs> you know, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You, you said a, a couple of minutes ago, like you want to see all your clients be, you know, uber wealthy. And I was reflecting on, you know, we just finished the mastermind for 2022. Right. And we had our final call together and we were sharing wins. And I think an important distinction and correct me if I'm wrong here, but when you say that you want your clients to be uber wealthy, you're not limiting that to just the dollars in the bank, you know, like, and that was one of the things that like I observed on this call. It was like, there were some people that were like, I increased my revenue this year by 200%. And everyone's like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. And then there's other people that are like, I feel comfortable like sharing myself on social mm -hmm. media and like being out there for yeah. them. That's wealth, you know, especially compared to like where they're, where they came from and where Huge. they started. So yep. it's like, it's really about like, what does that wealth mean for you? And like really, and that comes back to, you know, what we started talking about in the beginning and what you talk about a lot in your coaching is finding that alignment within yourself, you know, yeah. and that that's where the wealth is, is like being in alignment with your authentic self and like being able to, to share and to live from that place so that you can be as wealthy as possible in whatever way that manifests and means for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, in the end, that's all it's about. You know, it's like, I really believe, and this is why I've started using the term like soul a lot more over the last few years. Cause I'm like, you know, I experienced this when I finally came out with all my psychedelic work and you know, it was like, a, it was like a literal liberation, you know, it was like, oh wait, and now I get to be my full self. I mean, you know, of course there's still, I'm always, there's still more, there's still more where it's like, how can I be more authentically me? Like be the goofball, be the weirdo, be whatever. And really that's what everybody deserves. Like that's our birthright is to be like, we're incarnated here. I believe everybody has their own like unique medicine, you know, their own light. Everybody's is different. No one is you. It doesn't matter if you do the exact same thing. You are you, someone else is someone else. And it's really our birthright to, to like remember who we truly are and really be our full selves without like apologies, without fear, 
without living for the programming or for someone else or for society or parents or a partner or whoever, you know, it's like, and honestly, like the money, yeah, the money is great and the lifestyle is great, but it's the soul liberation is the ultimate abundance. Like, you know, or the like, you know, which essentially is basically the same as like living life exactly on your own terms. Like, what do you like waking up every day and being like, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? What do I really want? And that freedom, like this is, it's like this emancipation, which, you know, if we want to go really deep, it's like if we look into the millennia of our entire society and how it's been run and this paradigm that's completely broken, it's like we've been enslaved on so many levels, like not just with money and work, but like, like literally, like in, in so many levels. And it's like, in our, it's in our human nature. We're like animals. We should be able to be free. And so... We have to, I, I believe we have to start with the freedom of the heart to be expressed, you know, like meaning if there's something on your heart that is calling you, like there should be nothing to stop you. And here's the thing. It's like money, I get that money is a real thing, but there's always a way, you know, and it's like, I don't even want to get into it because it's like, yeah, there's a 20 bazillion, you know, rags to riches stories. So I don't, I don't even like to hear, honestly, I don't believe there's any excuse, like, you know, we all know, you know, quadriplegic that goes and breaks a world record for running or something, you know, I mean, it happens all the time. So it's like, we have these limitless opportunities, you know, like our world, our reality is limitless. And we are the only ones like allowing that to just, you know, like we're allowing the enslavement. So it's like, my goal is to really help people find themselves, come into their authenticity and like liberate their soul. And honestly, from there, it's kind of just upward because you can't really go back. I mean, I guess if you want if I started to drink a bottle of wine every night and watch TV or whatever I used to do when I was like 19 years old, you know, maybe I would go backwards. I don't know. Maybe. I doubt it at this point. It's probably too late. But, but really, like once you have that liberation, it's like, it's kind of like, chipping away and this only upward from there and it's the whole point is to live this incarnation you know like from the heart like on that heart path of like what is what is calling your heart and it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't even need to mean business you know you can have a job that you hate and still lead an amazing heart-led life you know I actually started to do that at one point where I was like I hate my career so much but like you know what I'm living this great life I just knew the career thing was like was the one thing that needs to go, you know, like it was. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, I'm glad you brought that up. And yeah, that's, that's my goal is, yeah, I want, of course I want people to make money and be well supported, but you know, this is where I've gotten comments over the years from clients saying, yeah, the clients and the business, all that's really nice, but you know, my relationship has improved. I moved to a home that I love. I got to manifest you know, my, my dream partner, I'm my kid, like I've seen people every year. There's someone where it's like my kids, there's someone in our program who said the relationship with my family my mother and my children has gotten so much deeper. I mean, that makes me so much happier than hearing that someone made their, you know, $15,000 a month. I mean, yeah, the money's nice, but that is the real stuff that matters. And I'm like, like, I've had people say, like, wow, I feel so alive. This, like, woke me up again. This, this, I mean, I've had clients that were sick 
like literally physical illnesses, like chronic, get healthy. And I'm like, well, that is worth way more than just like money, you know, because first of all, now you get to spend less money not going to 20,000 doctors. But it's like you get to be alive and healthy and start to then like lead this, you know, lead this heart led path. And it's only upward from there. And that's what it's all about. You know, this is like the emancipation of your soul to like really live this embodied life. Like there's no other reason to be here. You know, like I'm like, it can't be that we're just here to buy a Tesla and own a house that we then freaking fix all the time. And I know this because I'm a homeowner. I'm like, that's not what it's all about. You know, there's way more to it than that. Uh Oh, Aho. Well, I think that's a great place to uh, kind of wrap this up. I that's such such a beautiful statement that you just made. So where should people go to uh, find out more and work with you? Perfect. Well, you can check out BethAWeinstein.com. You can find Jonathan's interview there. Jonathan was part of my True Path Entrepreneur Group Mastermind program which by the way is still open for enrollment now. We've got an amazing crew. Jonathan knows the crew that Jonathan was with was like oh, like unbelievable amazing human beings and this is like just another group of unbelievable amazing human beings and I'm like I, you know, it's like there's no words where I'm like I can't wait to meet and like hang out with all my former clients. Like it's amazing amazing group you know people have already gotten results and we haven't even started really so you can find me there i'm also the psychedelic entrepreneur medicine for these times podcast i'm on instagram beth a weinstein i'm friends with jonathan on facebook instagram i also have a facebook group you know google me if anyone's there including you jonathan hint hint i'm supposed to be speaking at convergence in la this end of march the psychedelics today conference so i'm like if anyone's there i would love to meet people in real life that's like i'm like oh how do i manifest like all my clients coming there (laughs) so we'll see Yeah, definitely check Beth out and we'll put some links on the show page to some of her free gifts that she offers, which can definitely help you kind of get a jumpstart on this uh, path of alignment and opening up to your potential and your purpose and the business that you have been dreaming about. Um, I can't recommend her program enough and it's just been a huge life-changing event for me that continues to unfold yeah and you know it's funny like i remember you were talking about during the last call you're like yeah there's always some people that just seem to peak like right after the program ends and like i just signed a new client a couple of days ago like out of nowhere yeah and i'm like yeah i'm going to be one of those guys (laughs) we're just keep going you know It happens every time. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, one of my former clients like peaked like three years later. I was like, oh, I didn't see that. I mean, but it's amazing to witness people like, I mean, she, and she thankfully was conscious of it. She's like, look, I'm not going to start this business for at least another year and a half. And then it was like this, she went this like weird roundabout way. And now it's like, oh, I'm actually living it. Holy crap. So I am so happy to hear that. And, you know, if anyone wants to actually join, Jonathan has a special code and you can ask, you can ask Jonathan questions. I always say, look, like 
yes, you can book a call with me and my team, but, you know, ask Jonathan what it's like. And it's, and I don't say this, like, you know, here's the thing. I created this program for what it was that number one helped me, but for number two, what I wanted, you know, and what I found was I couldn't find someone and I still honestly haven't who brings in all these different elements because business is not just marketing. I wish it was because we'd all be multimillionaires, you know, then, then everybody would be like, you know, it's not just marketing. It's so much deeper than that. It's like, so that's why I'm like, no, we gotta, we gotta address all these other things at the same time as the business aspect. So Awesome. I can't wait to see your business blow up, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, and you know, like, like we were talking about, like the, the wealth comes in so many different ways, Mm -hmm. Um, not just like, oh my God, like I have another client, but it's just like, I, you, you mentioned it earlier, like the realignment of the way that I think about having a J-O-B and like, you know, not being miserable with that every single day and appreciating things about it and, you know, different money blocks and other limiting beliefs that, you know, you get to work on in your program. Like there's, there's so much to it that goes beyond just like, here's how you get your next client, even though that's definitely a big part of it, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just a wonderful experience that I'm continuing to integrate and looking forward to, you know, like every single day, which is awesome. Mm, so good. Thank you so much for having me here. This is so fun. I'm yeah, so proud of th- you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. It's really an honor and uh, yeah, just so grateful that we could uh, connect this way. Thank you. Yeah. So everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely check out Beth's offerings and website and her amazing podcast. And she'll have another summit soon, I'm sure. And yeah, you can definitely still join her mastermind program. Just got started. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, give us a subscribe, leave a comment or review. It definitely helps as I'm building this amazing podcast. And so really hope you enjoyed it. And until next time remember to practice because that is the vital point see you next time hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did i'd love it if you leave a review follow me on instagram at blue magic alchemy if you'd like to learn more about transformation integration and how to connect through coaching breathwork and meditation remember that regardless of the methods you're practicing the vital point is to practice 